land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. Then I see a land where children can run free. So take my hand and walk this land with me, and walk this lovely. just the end of Shabuwa uh, for uh, us anyway. The sun set about uh, 45 uh, minutes ago for uh, most of you. It is still the tail end of uh, Shabuwa. I was encouraged, mm-hmm. uh, Kirk, to see that Shabuwa uh, is being mentioned in Israel. There was a period of time where they didn't want to mention uh, Shabuwa because it was uh, um, competing with the, uh, the Christian uh, holiday of Pentecost. Uh, of course, yes. the Christians, yeah, Christians will claim that Pentecost for 50 uh, is the birth date of their church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so big old churches, you so, know. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody <laughs> ought to uh, hand them a uh, copy of the Torah and Prophets and said, no, nah, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. And as I uh, recognize, hey, you know, they're at least celebrating, acknowledging uh, – Exist. Uh, they they uh, call yeah. it Shabbat uh, as opposed to Shabuah because, well, if it has a B in it, we need to change it to a, uh, a V. Uh, who knows why they, they need to do that, but they feel the need nonetheless. Uh, and so they say that that the tradition is to read from the Book of Ruth. Uh, Book of Ruth is actually a sweet story. Um, uh, she's a Moabite woman, probably uh, uh, essentially uh Jewish DNA, uh, not mm-hmm. likely to have been uh, much different. In fact, she is uh, Dode's uh, great, great, great uh, grandmother, uh, Ruth is. And mm-hmm. her uh, thing is she marries a uh, Israelite man and uh, she becomes a widow. And, uh, and she just says, you know, Israel are my people. Yahweh was my God. And so, uh, you know, where you go, I go. And it really is a, a charming study uh, to recognize that that this woman clearly knew the truth and she was committed to it. Uh, so the uh, the rabbis say that the reason they favor the story of Ruth is because she was the first convert to Judaism. 
Judaism wouldn't exist for a thousand years. Dude, yeah. <laughs> but, but these are the same buffoons huh. that call uh, Moshe uh, a rabbi. <laughs> if, uh, so, you know, Rabbi Moshe. The first person in writing to use that term that I'm aware of is actually Paul. Uh, the, uh, the father of Christianity yeah, is, the, uh, is the first, because in the first century, Jews uh, were not calling themselves a rabbi. Uh, Akiba didn't refer to himself as a rabbi. Uh, so it, uh, it was Paul that actually started using the title. Oh, no. And the Jews said, you know, if you're going to steal our Messiah and our, our Son of God and our Passover lamb, <laughs> we might as well steal your, your title. <laughs> Your title. There you go. Uh, Shabuah, uh, we'll talk just briefly um, about it uh, sure. as it has uh, passed. But uh, Shabuah was the uh, the fourth of four Moed Mikre that was fulfilled by Dode in year 4000 Yah, uh, 33 CE on the uh, Roman calendar that is uh, so pervasive today. Uh, it uh, is the result of the first three Moed Mikre. And yes, there are three that precede it because in Judaism, uh, they completely ignore matzah uh, and mm-hmm. uh, don't much care for bakurim. So they think that uh, Passover is a seven-day event. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, uh, matzah is a seven-day event, and Pesach is the first day of matzah, bakurim being the mm-hmm. third day of, uh, of matzah. Uh, and then um, uh, seven uh, sevens from Bakurim, seven Shabbats from Bakurim, is Shavuot. So on Pesach, the doorway to uh, to God's home is open. The the uh, door to an extended life uh, is opened uh, for us. Uh, we gain the advantage of immortality. Uh, but the bigger event is actually on Matzah where Yahweh arranged for Dode's soul to carry the guilt of every covenant member into Sheol to deposit it there, never to be seen again, which makes us look perfect in God's eyes because all of our guilt has been removed from us. And then uh, in that Dode was Yahweh's Bakar, firstborn, uh, he celebrates firstborn children uh, on, uh, on the, that date, on Bakurim, uh, where his soul is released from Sheol and uh, uh, re-enveloped with the set-apart spirit uh, and heads uh, back to a reunion with Yahweh. So this is the, the first three benefits of the covenant where um, souls that avail themselves of what Dode and Yahweh have collectively done for us become immortal. We are perfected and we were adopted into the covenant family. Uh, but being adopted into a family is only good if there's, uh, if there's growth within it. And yes. so Shabuwa uh-huh. is the date of growth. It is about uh, being enhanced, uh, being enriched, being empowered, being enlightened, uh, the big E word. So um, on mm-hmm. Shabuwa, we become ever more like Yahweh. We, we, uh, are uh, enlightened and educated on his Torah and prophets. We're empowered so that we can make a uh, difference in people's lives. We're enriched with the inheritance that comes from being God's kid. 
so Shavuot is a really important day because without Shavuot, we're not prepared for Teruah. To be a word of Yes, where we're called to share Yahweh's story, to actually be uh, Dodes, heralds, uh, to um, call Yisrael home, to awaken Yisrael to the realization that Dode is not only the Messiah and Son of God, but he's also our Savior. Um, so that's the purpose of Teruah, which then leads to uh, Kapurim, which is the day of reconciliations, where we are uh, 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 calling out to Yisrael, to a remnant of Yisrael, to reconcile the relationship with Yahweh so that they can be there and be accepted into the millennial kingdom upon uh, father and son's arrival, which will be in year 6,000 Yah on uh, Yom Kippurim, which is, as the sun sets, October 2nd, 2033, giving us just 10 years until that date. Uh, in the five days between uh, Kippurim and Sukkot, the earth mm-hmm. will be uh, transformed into the conditions found in the Garden of Eden. Uh, and then we will live for a thousand years with Yahweh uh, here on earth and celebrating that relationship before we get to experience him making a, uh, a new universe with us getting to participate uh, and then explore it for the remainder of time. Uh, and since it's affinity, that is a very long time. So Shabua is the date of uh, enlargement and enrichment. What most people don't uh, have a full appreciation for, and I guess it's even hard for anyone to grasp this, but um, we are essentially three-dimensional creatures that are uh, stuck in the ordinary flow of time, which is the fourth dimension. But there uh, is a fifth and sixth dimension in the universe. Uh, Now, until we can maneuver in the fourth, we're not getting off this rock. Yeah, we can go to the moon, Mm -hmm. but that's about as far as we can go. Uh, And uh, when we are fully liberated in the fourth dimension, then you can explore the entire universe and you can become immortal. Uh, so it's exceedingly important for Yahweh to empower us so that we're fully navigable in the, uh, the fourth uh, dimension and can experience it like we do uh, the three that we are most familiar with. Uh, but there's also a fifth and sixth dimension that explain the totality of our universe, and Yahweh is at least a seven-dimensional creature where the spiritual realm is in the seventh dimension, uh, and each time you go up in dimensionality, it is an infinite increase in capability. So we have a long way to, uh, to go, yeah. to go from where we are to where we're going to be, and Shibua is the day that uh, speaks of it. And since Dode is the living embodiment of Shabuah, if you like uh, Dode's oratory, if you like Dode's psalms, his uh, mashal, uh, if you uh, are intrigued by his life and the fact that uh, he actually had three, uh, reigned as king over Yisrael, uh, came to be the Pesach Al Passover lamb, and is going to return uh, as our Messiah and king, you can get a much better appreciation for what Shabuah represents by looking at Dode. Now, uh, today, 
I had the opportunity to do something that turned out to be rather profound, at least it was from uh, my perspective. The uh, testimony that brought us together, the, the reason that I began translating was because of the word Asher, as it's found mm -hmm. in the second uh, book of Samuel, listen to him, Samuel, uh, in the seventh chapter. And that passage, uh, which begins in, in Samuel 7, 1, uh, and begins to talk about houses, who has them, why they have them, who's going to build them, who needs them, and, uh, and overall, what, it, what the relationship is between father and son, Yahweh and Dod, uh, as, uh, as they navigate uh, the Mikra together and time. And uh, I have probably included that passage in 10 books uh, of the 30. It may be more than 10 of the 30. Uh, translated more times than any other passage. Uh, again, it's the one that began it all. But I always stop at about the uh, uh, the 18th statement, which is where uh, Yahweh says, okay, Nathan, you go tell Dode everything I just told you, which is a lot. I mean, it's that, you know, he's sure. going to, uh, he's going to return as the king of kings, that he is the son of God, uh, that uh, they're going to build a family and a home together. Um and I always knew it went on from there. And, you know, it basically says that uh, Dode arrived and he uh, continued to live with uh, Yahweh. And there's a number of statements where Dode begins by saying, so what is it with me that you're doing all of these things? Uh, you know, why have you talked about me from uh, ancient times? I mean, because Dode's actually mentioned, not by name, but by his mm -hmm. role in the Torah. Title. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, so it goes it, it goes through on that. And son of a gun, the um, the smoking gun. The first time where Dode acknowledges that I've decided that I'm going to fulfill the Mikray. And it's Yahweh having made this grand declaration. And then Dode just says, based upon what you've just said, I now have the conviction and the motivation to serve as the wow. uh, intercessor, as the intermediary. I've thought it through, and of my own accord, I have decided that I want to resolve the, uh, the issues that are keeping uh, the people uh, from you. And, uh, and then Yahweh comes through and says, uh, yep, that's what we're going to do, and you have my word on it. Uh, so it is the time where Dode actually comes out and says, uh, I've given this serious thought. And now I'm requesting that you give me this wonderful opportunity uh, to distinguish myself by serving uh, as the intercessor to rescue the people. Um, I had no idea that was uh, there, but uh, it is. And it uh, fundamentally, uh, not changes, but uh, develops this whole sure. appreciation for who Dode is and what his role is and how he came uh, to make this decision. Now, what's really interesting is that Dode, from the first psalm that he wrote, speaks of the role that he's going to play. And so uh, it, is, it is certainly possible that Dode was inspired to write these words and didn't even know, what, uh, you know how they pertained to him, to him so much. Uh, yes. until uh, this conversation. 
Now, we don't know exactly when this conversation occurred, uh, but it is Dode's point where he just says, okay, I've thought it all through, and now uh, this is my my conviction. I have the courage, the character, and the conviction to make uh, this request of you. That's what I want to uh, do um, as to resolve the the problems between uh, you and the people, and I'm going to do it on your behalf, on their behalf, uh, and... uh, as I say, it's very, very powerful. Uh, a couple of items in the news, if I may. Um, back when uh, everybody was talking about how wonderful Black Lives Matter was, I, uh, I said two things. I said the, uh, the group that is running uh, this is a bunch of charlatans. They have absolutely no concept of what they're, uh, they're doing. They're opportunists. They're actually uh, Marxists. Uh, none of them have ever accomplished anything in their lives. They have uh, no um, uh, accountability, and this is going to turn out very badly. I also said that the whole concept of Black Lives Matters was utterly uh, irresponsible uh, because the, uh, the essence of the organization was to blame whites uh, for uh, killing blacks when that very seldom occurs. Uh, well over 90% of the time that a black person is killed, they're killed by another black person. And so if you uh, want to to claim, and, and you should, that black lives matter, then you don't point the finger at, uh, at Caucasians. You don't go into woke mentality. You don't go into critical race theory. Uh, the problem is not racism. The problem is the African-American culture. Uh, and... In that culture, there aren't good coping mechanisms. Uh, The um, education has been squandered. Uh, uh, Character development has been squandered. Uh, And as a result, young black men in particular are killing other young black men at an alarming rate. And so you ought not blame other people for your own problems. You're never going to solve any problem that way. And that's why I said uh, we, we ought not be paying a Black Lives Matter any attention because they're just flat out wrong. Well, the article came out uh, today uh, saying that Black Lives Matter's talk tax documents show that executives when they send the organization raked in millions while the group overall ended the year $9 million in the red. Black Lives Matter's Global Network Foundation ended the financial year with a deficit of $8.6 million, negative $8.6 million. Uh, Paying companies owed by people close to the organization and a number of uh, uh, close to $42 million. So uh, they're... uh, Their expenses uh, were almost were, were comprised of two things. One of them was paying uh, the small group of people that were the administrators and the executives within the group $8.5 million, which is ludicrous. You know, if you want to claim that we're doing this for the betterment of the people, then you don't take money for doing it. And yet they took $8.5 million. Uh, and then they paid out twice as much to companies that were wholly owned or affiliated with uh, the group. If one of the owners uh, had a PR firm, they paid another $2 million to that. If 
anything that was a, a way to pay additional money to themselves, but uh, uh, covered up by uh, the fact, well, it's just a related company. They paid another $17 million, uh, for uh, uh, to them. Uh, this is a sham. And mm-hmm. people ought to apologize and, uh, and be embarrassed. Uh, Dmitry uh, Medvedev, uh, who is the, uh, um, was previously uh, president of, of Russia, uh, gave way to, uh, to Putin on subsequent uh, terms, is not the most stable guy in the world. Uh, but my guess is because he is not a disciplined speaker that he does share uh, the mindset of the leadership of Russia. And his quote this week was, and the more destructive the weapons are that the West and the United States in particular is supplying Ukraine for the destruction of Russia, the scenario becomes what is commonly called a nuclear apocalypse. Mm -hmm. If the West continues to send uh, tanks, uh, F-16 aircraft, long-range missiles, Patriot uh, uh, missile systems into the Ukraine, some, you know, we will publicly admit that uh, we have sent somewhere between 40 and $50 billion, uh, which would make the Ukrainian military uh, among the top 10 on Earth in spending because of what we have given them, and that's only a small portion of the total they have been given because we have forced so many of our uh, of our allies to also give them many billions of dollars worth of weapons. But we have created a proxy war where the United States is, uh, is fighting Russia um, with uh, billions of dollars of sophisticated weapons, and there is no way for this to end without uh, either they're able to defeat Russia, then it will end with uh, nuclear uh, conflagration. That, that is just the scenario, uh, and there, there is no other. So it will be the most horrible mistake the United States has ever made. But NATO says that, uh, that us supplying um, F-16 uh, aircraft and training the Ukrainians to fly those aircraft and providing uh, Patriot defense uh, systems, which is, you know, about $300,000, an interceptor, uh, does not make it part of the conflict. So you can rest assured that uh, NATO and the United States are not part of the conflict because, well, we've told you so. Uh, Iran uh, is continuing to hang in brutal fashion uh, the enemies of Allah. multiple hangings uh, took place uh, over this past week. Uh, The people hanged were either executed for crimes of blasphemy and insulting uh, Islam or for uh, uh, declaring war on the Islamic God. Uh, It is one of the most savage and brutal regimes in the history of mankind. There was an article uh, this past week um, that uh, is devastating for uh, biblical scholarship, uh, makes the, um, all of the famed uh, Hebrew scholars and biblical scholars look like utter numbskulls. 
and that is that the insight that we shared about six months ago, that a small uh, tablet, oh, tablet. Uh, was uh, found, um, I think it's a, made out of, uh, of lead, very, very tiny, that it was uh, found on, uh, on Mount Ebel, uh, and that it dated back uh, likely to the time of uh, uh, Yosha ben Nun, in other words, just as the, uh, the children of Israel were entering the Promised Land, sometime around uh, uh, 1400 BCE. And uh, it's written in Paleo-Hebrew, um, highly legible, and it actually speaks of uh, Yahweh's name. And it is, uh, the citation is the citation that Yahweh said, you know, I, I want, uh, uh, between these two mountains, I want the people to reinforce the, the realization as they come into the land that if they remain Torah observant, there'll be tremendous blessings. But if they do not listen, uh, there will be curses. Uh, and so I want them to reinforce this by shouting it between the two mountains. And this particular tablet uh, was uh, on the, the mountain where they were to shout, but you know, if we don't, Yahweh's going to curse us. And that's what it says. Uh, the reason it is so devastating to Hebrew scholarship is the only excuse that the Hebrew scholars had was that, well, the finding hasn't been published and peer-reviewed. Well, it's now been published, and it has and been peer-reviewed. Uh, and all of the claims and more have turned out to be true. The reason it's so devastating beyond that is that the explanation has always been that the Torah was written uh, not uh, in uh, 1448 BCE, uh, but uh, in fact around uh, 700 uh, BCE, way, way after uh, Moshe and way after even Doe. And they always say that the reason we know this is that the Hebrew alphabet didn't exist uh, um, back in the, uh, the day of Moshe or of Dod, and therefore it had to be compiled at a much later time. <laughs> well, <laughs> bingo. Sorry about that, pal. What are you going to use as your next excuse? Because now you have a tablet with the Hebrew alphabet actually citing from the Torah, dating to the time of the Torah, 1400 BCE. For credibility's sake, it is the single most important find, probably, well, greater than the value of the Dead Sea Scrolls, because it rolls back the proximity of a confirming written account of what Yahweh had discussed with his people uh, to within probably 20 years of the time that uh, this played out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, going back now 3,400 years ago, um, exceedingly important. And, of course, uh, nobody wants to jump on the, uh, the bandwagon now because, well, there is no excuse for it. And it puts uh, 
Hebrew biblical scholarship uh, and buries it. Uh, of course, it takes uh, down Christianity along with it. But they were able, sure. in fact, to, um, uh, to use modern technology to uh, look inside of the folds of the, uh, of the lead tablet uh, and to, uh, to read each of the letters that were inscribed in it. And they were able to date it. And so at this point, there is no doubt it is a legitimate find. And again, one of the most important in human history. All right, we're going to return. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be on the winning team. You know, uh, I think I shared when uh, this first came out that there was a time in my life when I was a believer uh, that evidence that affirmed uh, credibility of what I believed was essential to me. If you're a believer, you're desperate for any affirmation of your beliefs, no matter how twisted. Uh, once yes. you know Yahweh and you've spent enough time in his Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, you're no longer looking for affirmation. Um, it's, no. uh, it's just not of any value yeah. because, well, the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms are filled with so many prophecies uh, and affirmations of Yahweh's intellect of uh, his ability to perceive time uh, uh, different than the rest of us so that he can report our future and our past. Um, the brilliance of the, the narrative is such that after a while you just settle in and enjoy your relationship with, uh, with dad. Uh, so you read something like this and you say, it's uh, very nice, there's nothing here that surprises me. But yet it is important because we're not all in the same place. And so an affirmation like this, that Yahweh's name was written by the people, they, uh, they spoke it at that time, that the language uh, was, uh, w could be vocalized because there were vowels uh, uh, written out at the, at the time, all of that is, is really uh, important. And it completely destroys the... Uh, the academic excuses uh, otherwise. So uh, we share that with you and uh, hope that uh, it uh, resonates. Returning to the last two statements of Mismore 22 is what we promised to do on this program and then we're going to move into the 89th Mismore, which I think is the cornerstone of Yahweh's relationship uh, with his people. Uh, it reads, those who are habitually kneeling down, prostrating themselves, having made life miserable, will descend, going down to the dust of the earth, even the soul itself. He will not allow them to live. Uh, this is Psalm Mismore 2229. Now, we've gone through the, the entirety of this where it begins at... Uh, uh, at the cusp of, uh, of Pesach, where Dode's body is being mutilated by the Romans and then crucified by them, uh, and goes through the process where his soul then goes into Sheol, uh, taking our guilt uh, with him, and then is uh, reemerges to now be part of the covenant family, living with Yahweh in heaven, but also a, uh, a warning, admonition to saying that if you're going to choose a religious approach, if you're going to be habitually bowing down, 
prostrating yourselves, you're going to make life miserable for everybody else, then you're going down, including Mm -hmm. your soul. You're going to die. God's saying, I'm not going to allow you to live. So uh, that's a rather important conclusion to the only eyewitness account of the crucifixion. As we have shared really throughout Yada Yawa, there are three different faiths awaiting human souls. And I think this is important in this particular statement because Dode's uh, uh, soul is experiencing the most favorable of them, which is life with uh, Yawa and Shamaim in heaven as part of the covenant family. Uh, The second uh, is uh, depicted here, which is that if you are choose to be religious, your soul is simply going to die. It's going to fade into oblivion. It's not going to be allowed to live. There is a third fate of human souls, and those aren't. It is not a fate for those who bow down, but for those who would have others bow down to them. It's not for those who are deceived by religion, but. Uh, for those who control others through religion. Yes. Mm -hmm. And their fate is the antithesis of uh, of dying. They will live forever, uh, but in Sheol, which is uh, hell, uh, essentially a black hole separated from uh, Yahweh. And this verdict will be made uh, by Dode uh, using Yahweh's... Torah as his guide. Yeah, ultimately fair. I mean, it's yes. it's not like the uh, the religious view, which is that uh, you know you disagree with me, don't obey me, or don't love me. I'm going to see to it that your soul is tortured in hell forever. Such a god would be sadistic. Uh, but that's not what Yahweh yeah, says at all. If you don't know me. Uh, choose not to love me, choose not to show any respect for me, just choose to be religious, then your soul at the end of your life just simply ceases to uh, exist. No reward, no punishment. If you <coughs> excuse me, harm my people, deliberately lead them astray, then for you, dear uh, um, inquisitioner, uh, for you, um, perpetrator of the Holocaust, uh, for you, uh, Roman Catholic uh, Pope, uh, for you, Rabbi, uh, who misled my people, took them away from me, then there is a consequence for that, and it is eternal incarceration and Sheol. So then this is the concluding uh, uh, two statements of, uh, of Mismore 22. Posterity shall work with him, speaking of, uh, of Dode. This will be recounted, recorded, and proclaimed of the approach of my upright one, the generations and their dwelling places. <clears throat> they will come while conspicuously announcing, exposing and declaring, he was right, vindicating, he was acquitting, doing so on behalf of the family members who have been and will be born, that they honestly acknowledge he has engaged and acted to actually accomplish this. It is uh, Dode working with his father, father and son, that accomplished 
the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bukurim. Uh If you want to come to Yahweh, if you're going to be among those who will welcome him home on Yom Kippurim and year 6,000 Yah, then it is long past time that you recognize what has been conspicuously uh, exposed and declared. Dode was right. He was vindicating. He is acquitting. Uh, and he did so on behalf of the family. Those who are born into the covenant have him to thank for this opportunity. Uh, that is the message that is permeates throughout the Mismore. Dode is more than our Messiah. He is more than the sound of uh, the Son of God. He is our Savior, the Passover Lamb. You know, you read mm-hmm. uh, uh, Hebrew rabbinical sites about uh, Dode, and where it, you know, clearly it, it says in numerous places that Yahweh was announcing, he is my son, I am his father. And the rabbi said mm-hmm. that's just not possible uh, because uh, they're different species. <laughs> you know, all that knowledge of the soul. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, uh, so that does show a complete uh, um, unawareness of the nature of a soul, uh, and uh, also what it means from God's point of view to be his son. That means Mm -hmm. that they haven't a clue as to what the covenant represents. They don't understand why the children of Israel were called the children of Israel by Yahweh. For them, the only answer they have is, nope, it's interspecies. (laughs) Therefore... Oh, men who are considered sages can be so utterly stupid. So based upon all that we have shared in this wonderful Mismore, uh, what was uh, done and uh, who accomplished it, I think this is uh, now Yahweh addressing how the covenant family will respond to uh, his beloved son, the Messiah. Uh, now, uh, the upright pillar of Yahweh's tabernacle as a result of fulfilling Pesach. He is going to be recounted for having done this uh, magnanimous deed uh, throughout the long celebration of Sukkah. The children of the covenant will realize and acknowledge he was right, which Yahweh has said time and time again. He is also vindicating if not for him, we would not be here. Now, I personally like that concluding line. It says, he engaged to accomplish this. He performed honoring the promises and fulfilling the mission. More than anyone in God's story, Yahweh affirms that Dode is Sadak. He's right. When it comes to being part of the covenant family and entering heaven, being right is more important than anything else. Personally, uh, Kirk, and I think you shared this uh-huh. before we began this review of the chapter, how can anyone read the 22nd Mismore and not be moved to conviction, to action? Mm-hmm. Prophecy doesn't be get dead. any more relevant. It doesn't get any yeah. more graphic, any more detailed. I mean, to describe the excruciating pain of crucifixion in exactly where and how these nails were driven and how it 
It, uh, it causes the strength to melt away and, and uh, to die of thirst while your lungs are filling with, uh, with fluid. Water, yeah. uh, I, all of it, uh, the, the Roman uh, flagellums, uh, all of it 500 years before even any of that, 700 years before any of that was even invented. Um, it is uh, flabbergasting that, uh, mm-hmm. that in particular Jews uh, are in denial of what he has done as vivid, as graphic, as detailed, as prophetic as is the 22nd Psalm. You just have no excuse. I'll have to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. 2231, they will come while conspicuously announcing, exposing, and declaring he was right. Who is the they? So 31, it says that uh, they will come while conspicuously announcing, uh, exposing, and declaring he was right. Covenant members. Yeah. It's uh, not uh, in the past, but I mean, in particular no, now, think, no one else has yeah, said that. No one has said that. You know, whether it's uh, us making this declaration or those who are reading these uh, books, listening to this program, making that declaration, or those who will read this over the next 10 years and come to this conviction. Uh, Our entire purpose is to serve as heralds, fulfilling Teruah on behalf of Dod and Yisrael. And Yahweh has a lot to say about this particular mission. And so this is the fruit of, uh, of what uh, we are doing on Father and Son's behalf. Yeah. Well, that brings us, uh, Kirk, to the end of Mizmor uh, 22, one of the most uh, extraordinary pieces of, uh, of literature ever written. Um, uh, Indeed, it's, uh, it is. Profoundly, profoundly important. But there is one that is better. Uh, in fact, uh, much better. Uh, the psalm we're about to consider is the single most relevant revelation for our time, perhaps ever written. I think it is the cornerstone of Yahweh's home, the cornerstone of time. I think this was written in 968 BCE, four years after Dode's uh, uh, first passing of his first of his three lives. Uh, and I think it was written on the uh, the very day that construction began on uh, Yahweh's home. Um, so I think it's the cornerstone of the uh, of the temple. I think it's the cornerstone of the covenant. I think it's the cornerstone of uh, of time. It presents Dode as the chosen one, as the Son of God, as the Messiah, as the King of Kings as the embodiment of the Bereth Covenant and of someone so uniquely Kodesh set apart that he will become not only as brilliant as the sun in God's presence, he will be Elion, God. By contrast, and by the way, that should not be alarming to anyone. When Yahweh elevates us from three dimensions to seven, and enriches us, uh, and empowers us, and enlightens us, it is all to make souls that he crafted in his image more like him. 
when yeah. you were adopted into Yahweh's family as his sons and daughters, since he's God, what do you think it makes us? Just like him. So, uh, he's called Elion, Almighty, in this particular Mismor. By contrast, the Mismor Psalm condemns by name Shaul, Paul, the principal author of the Christian New Testament, by name depicting him as the most deceitful and damning individual in human history. The psalm, like the prophecy, it parallels, and all prophecy pertaining to the fulfillment of the Moed Mikre, of the seven invitations to meet with God. All prophecy pertaining to the fulfillment of time. All prophecies pertaining to Yahweh's return. All prophecies uh, that are designed to explain the renewal and restoration of the covenant. Every one of them parallels and augments what we learned to Samuel 7. It is the foundation upon which all of these prophetic statements are placed. And so this Mismore parallels and augments it. It's best understood when read in concert with it. And we find that it calls the demon-possessed founder of the Christian religion the son of evil. Now, we do not do this program to expose and condemn Christianity. But during this program, we must expose and condemn Christianity because no religion has had a more dire influence on God's people. And because of the way Paul crafted Christianity, it has robbed the Jewish people of the Son of God, of their Messiah, and of their Savior. Uh, And to respond to the growth and popularity of this God-forsaken religion, Judaism was conceived with its false Messiah, um, mm-hmm. So to liberate Jews from the most caustic influences that have ever stained them, um, Christianity and Judaism, it is essential to expose and condemn Christianity. We hope that as we expose and condemn Christianity using God's testimony, that some goyim will choose to leave the religion. But also, there are many, many converso Jews, ethnically Jews, who converted to Christianity to keep their heads on top of their shoulders, uh, to avoid being tortured uh, by uh, the church. And for them, we want them to know that Christianity is false in every possible way. For the many Jews for Jesus and uh, Messianic, It's essential Mm -hmm. that they know that there is no validity to their claims. None. There never was a Jesus. He is a complete and utter myth. And so we expose and condemn Christianity and Paul, its principal author, because God does, because he wants to hold 
the religion most responsible for tormenting his people for the longest period of time accountable. God is annoyed, indeed angry, that so many have come to believe Shaul. Paul, when he deliberately, presumptuously, and erroneously transferred every promise that he had made to his beloved son, Dode, David, to the misnomer, indeed myth, Jesus Christ. Therefore, after celebrating every nuance of the 89th Mismore Psalm, uh, it is important that we expose and condemn Paul's pathetic attempt at replacement theology. We will still systematically condemn his overt perversions of the word of God, refuting his approach to deifying his incarnation of Dionysus, which is the basis of the Christian Jesus, while demeaning the actual Messiah, Dode, such that the most interesting man in the world was reduced to a bumbling sperm donor. After being made aware of what Paul had to say and what he would write regarding Dode, especially after reading this Mismore Psalm, sane individuals will come to love one and hate the other. To carry around the 89th Mismore in the same book as Paul's epistles is schizophrenic. Well said. To trust God's inspiration of the Mismore is to reject the entirety of the Christian New Testament. It is trash. Speaking of his dissent for our transitions from Paul's oral arguments against Dode to his written appeal, uh, we're going to systematically examine the conception of the Christian New Testament the uh, and uh, particularly the Gospel of Matthew as, uh, as uh, a test case. And we're, we will examine uh, when it was written, by whom, uh, so we have a better appreciation of the reasons behind its anti-Semitic undercurrent. We're going to turn to our attention to the hideous nature of the church, which is responsible for it. Now, if you're Jewish and you're reading this introduction uh, to the 89th Mismore, Please do not turn away because uh, the party being condemned uh, is the rabbi who created Christianity rather than Akiba, who four score of years later became the father of Judaism. The reason for that is that Akiba foisted a false messiah on the people principally to refute the growing popularity of the Christian myth. For one reason, the Psalm's condemnation of those adversary will uh, expose the reason Jews were harassed by Imperial Rome and Judea, and then by the Roman Catholic Church throughout uh, Europe. And secondarily, without Paul's portrayal of the imaginary Jesus Christ as Messiah and Savior, Akiba would not have promoted another false Messiah and Shimon Bar Kokhba. 
and without what Akiba wrought upon Jews through his false messiah, there is no Judaism. Every strain of the religion practiced today was conceived during the diaspora and under the dark shadow of how one man's tragically errant claim led to another man's catastrophic counterproposal. Damning 80 generations of Jews over 1,900 years. And if you don't think so, why don't you find some affinity, some connection between Dode and the symbol of the nation of Israel and the religion of Judaism, the Star of David? Find one. And when you realize there is none, then come to recognize how that star was uh, inappropriately associated Mm -hmm. with the Messiah. And you'll recognize that it's because of the false Messiah that Akiba brought to bear upon his people, Bar Kokhba, which means son of a a star, took the symbol of the false Messiah and applied it to the real Messiah and now claimed that that's the symbol of your nation. And to make matters worse, because of this, Longing for uh, for Akiba's false messiah. Well, in diaspora in Europe, Jews began to to use this symbol of the Akiba Bar Kokhba star, and so the Roman Catholic Church was the first to say, "All right, if that's your symbol, wear it. It'll be your badge of dishonor." It'll be our way of keeping you humble, dehumanized, demonized, and separated. That's how the Nazis picked up on it. And so it was a symbol of disgrace, of being dehumanized, of being demonized. And you make that symbol the symbol of your religion and nation? Carrying it around on your flag? Yeah. I mean, is there, is there no rabbi, no scholar, no just reader of the Torah that doesn't pick up on you, don't revere uh, symbols of the sun and symbols of the moon and symbols of stars? No, I because mean, see, uh, rabbinic Judaism is is so intertwined with Kabbalah. And yeah. Kabbalah's symbols, uh, likes to use symbols of this ilk, and so it's so intergrained into rabbinic Judaism. And uh, while uh, the Zohar was written in the 11th century, it is ascribed to a, uh, a student of uh, Akiba uh, in the late first, or excuse me, in the second century. Uh, and it was the time that the first rabbis were actually calling themselves rabbis and Judaism was taking shape. And so... Mm-hmm. They have this this text that they have misappropriated uh, that is really quite demonic to that time that uh, loves to use the symbols like this. So um, uh, you know that's that's part of what has led them astray. Nobody will pick up nobody will pick up the Torah. I mean, guys, yeah. some of these yeah, things are so easy. Clearly not in the uh, in the Torah. So let's be perfectly clear: there was no Jesus Christ. 
The Christian God is both a myth and mythological, a blend of Odysseus and Dionysus masquerading under Dode's titles and accolades. Paul and Pals simply misappropriated the many hundreds of prophecies pertaining to Dode's accolades and accomplishments and moronically projected them onto a misnomer. And worse, the forefathers of rabbinic Judaism were so unaware and so unappreciative of what Dode had said and done, they failed to oppose and present and prevent. The demon possessed Shaul Paul such that he got away with it. At great personal sacrifice, Dode, who is David, earned our respect and admiration by fulfilling Pesach and Matzah leading to Bakurim and Shabuah in the Yobo year of 4,000 Yah, which is 33 CE. The Bashar, corporal body of the Son of God, served as the Pesach Ael. And then, during the Mikra of unyeasted bread, the nefesh soul of Hamasiach carried the guilt of every child of the covenant with him into Sheol depositing it there, never to be seen again. The following morning, Yahweh's Ruach spirit and Dode's Nefesh consciousness were reunited as the father's Bakur, firstborn son, celebrated Bakurim, firstborn children. And yet, virtually every Jew on the planet denies their savior of what he should be credited with and appreciated for. The fulfillment of the first four Moed, Moedim, to be more accurate, mm-hmm. in year 4000 Yah was more vital and relevant than anything that had or would occur in human history. Yet, as a result of what Paul and Akiba would write to deny it, the world has been led away from God and deprived of individual and collective salvation for 1,990 years at the time of this program. Theirs was the greatest crime ever perpetrated in God's people, greater even than removing Yahweh's name from his Torah, Nabi Wamizmor. The 89th Psalm is Yahweh's response to how his son would be slighted and his people deprived albeit it was written 1,000 years before this would transpire. Before we commence our journey through the lyrics of this song, uh, let's consider the big picture. The underlying promise of Judaism is as preposterous as is the proposition upon which Christianity was predicated. To be a religious Jew, you have to agree with the rabbis, especially Akiba, that Yahweh was such a poor communicator that he cannot be understood apart from rabbinical interpretations. You have to believe that the Torah was so inadequate that without rabbinical explanations, which are tantamount to religious laws, its instructions were not applicable to the people's lives. 
you have to think that the most respectful treatment of God's name is to eliminate it from his testimony. And then you have to consent to the proposition that Rabbi Akiba, the man who knowingly forced a false messiah upon his people, who murdered and maimed Jews who didn't capitulate to his authority, and whose uprising against Rome led to millions of Yehudim being either crucified or sold into slavery, creating the diaspora, was trustworthy and should be followed over Yahweh. If you are religious and haven't thought this through, shame on you. If you have and don't care, then your apathy will be your undoing. If you are a Christian, it means that you believe that God does not care what you call him. It means that Yahweh is an abject failure whose promises are unreliable. You have to believe that God's plan, the one he formulated and shared in his Torah, is antiquated and inadequate, absolutely incapable of saving anyone. And then you must think that God simply gave up and authorized an egotistical, dishonest, irrational, and murderous man to fix these problems by either annulling or misappropriating everything he had to say, such that the result, which is entirely contradictory, is somehow credible. Judaism is nothing more than a desperate attempt by rabbis to control Jews. Under the foreboding shadow of imperial Rome, as it evolved into the Roman Catholic Church. One lie led to another and to another, and to the extent that the truth was no longer recognizable to anyone. And that is what we're going to resolve by confronting the inspired testimony in the 89th Mismore. The way home begins with the recognition of who Dode is what he wrote, what he has accomplished, and what he represents to us yesterday, today, and tomorrow. As important as Moshe was in his role of bringing Yahweh's Torah, while liberating Yahweh's people from human oppression, Dode is more relevant still. He's our Savior. Yeah. The 89th Psalm begins by, by revealing that it will be presenting insights that we would be wise to contemplate because they apply to the everlasting and native-born strong arm of God. Then the psalmist focuses upon a concept that Christians, Jews, and Muslims are wont to ignore. Yeah, I was loving and merciful because... He is trustworthy and dependable. This realization negates the supplemental and replacement texts of the Talmud, Zohar, New Testament, and Quran. They, by presenting a different approach of that of a God who changes his mind on core issues and then relies on others to come up with 
an amended plan, which is the underlying premise of the New Testament, Talmud, and Quran, are thereby negating the consistency intended and needed for Yahweh to be credible. God's promises are reliable because he never changes his approach. What he has promised remains true for all generations, for all time. To annul it and replace it with another plan, whether that be based upon faith, case of Christianity, obedience, in the case of Judaism, or submission, as would be the case in Islam, Mm -hmm. nullifies the means that Yahweh has chosen to be merciful. So, Kirk, here we go. Um, Here's the uh, introduction to the 89th Mismore. Let's go. A poem of insights to come to contemplate and comprehend, a maskil in Hebrew, the lyrics of a song written to convey important ideas worthy of thoughtful consideration. Uh, Maskil is a compound of ma, which means to ponder the important questions regarding sakal, being circumspect, being prudent, gaining insights and prospering from them, paying attention so that you can come to understand and learning to comprehend. So, a poem of insights to contemplate and comprehend by Ethan, which means constant and eternal, productive and established. There's Rachi, the beloved native-born strong arm, the one arising from the land who is prepared for battle by being properly girded from Ezrak, strong arm, and Chabab, the beloved and cherished. That's quite an introduction. By the way, it does uh, make uh, Ethan uh, one of Yahweh's prophets. The amount of prophetic information here is uh, is overwhelming. It's just like Nathan. You know, there's yeah. no book of Nathan. There is no book of uh, of Ethan. Although the 89th Mismore is longer than some of the books that actually are you know, presented under the name of a, of a would-be uh, prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the there was an individual by this name at this time. He was written about saying that of, uh, of Solomon's inner circle, there was one man that stood above all, the, by far the most intelligent and wisest man of his time, Ethan. He would have been a contemporary of Dote, would have known uh, the king well. To have served in his son's cabinet, clearly he would have known uh, Dote. Um, doesn't give us the time, but uh, it is so obvious, I think, when you read this, that this was written as the yeah, the yeah. house of Yah was first being constructed by Solomon. 
This would have been written at the same time that Solomon was giving his speech where he introduces the Nacre to his people. Mm -hmm. Uh, This uh, would have been written um, literally at the time that the, um, the, uh, the home of Yahweh was being constructed. So it's a poem of uh, insights to contemplate and comprehend by Ethan, the constant and eternal, productive and established, uh, the uh, Ezraki, the beloved native-born, strong arm. Now, since there was a man who bore this name, an individual explicitly noted for his wisdom in Malachim 1 Kings 431, who was a contemporary of Solomon, Solomon, and thus someone who would have known Dode and served as an eyewitness to his relationship with Yahweh, it is likely that uh, Ethan Ha Ezraki was inspired by Yahweh to compose this mismore, making him a prophet. <clears throat> and yet today, that it's what this man's name conveys to us that is far more significant than his identity. Yeah. Constant and eternal, productive and established. A witness to the beloved, native-born, strong arm of Yahweh, also known as Dode. This revelation should be on everyone's lips and echoed throughout time. It reads, I want to sing about the eternal and everlasting love, the steadfast devotion, enduring favoritism, unfailing affection, and genuine mercy, Chesed Olam of Yahweh. On behalf of all generations throughout all time. With my mouth, I will make known your trustworthiness and your dependability. That's interesting. This is a, uh, a mismore devoted to Dode, and it opens with an ode to Yahweh. Why do you think yeah. that is so? They're synonymous at this point. Yeah, they are. It's, they're a father and son. They're, they're, um, same their inclinations just, are the I'll same. Their will is the same. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they are hand and glove. Uh, they literally are father and son. Um, they are, uh, are, are word and deed. Um, these two are, uh, are essentially inseparable. Um, Yahweh has always chosen to engage with humanity through one of us. And as it turns out, almost all of the most important fulfillments, engagements of Yahweh were conducted by his son. So uh, there's the realization that uh, while Yahweh continues to be the creator God of the universe without doubt, Lonely, for certain, uh, less Mm -hmm. effective in terms of his interactions with humanity, but he's still God. Dode without Yahweh is nothing. Literally nothing. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I get dead. Yeah, it, he was dead for you three thousand years, you know having tended sheep in uh, mm-hmm. in Bethlehem. Sure. Nothing. So uh, it is important to recognize that we're celebrating the life of Dode because of the inclinations, the character, the nature of Yahweh. And so what uh, Ethan is saying here is that it's important that we acknowledge the most important character, characteristic, uh, characteristics of Yahweh, that he is um, eternal and that his love is everlasting, that his devotion to his people is steadfast, unchanging, that there is an enduring favoritism, not only for Dod, but for Yisrael. And that God is indeed affectionate and genuine. And that he has a name. And that name is Yahweh. And that what he is and what he says and what he does remains true forever. For all people, in all places, for all time. Door, door. Yeah. How wonderful. And the thing that makes Yahweh's message so important for us, the reason why it's important to study the Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms, is that what God has said, what God has done, remains trustworthy, and reliable forever. Now, with that statement, there is no place for Judaism. There is no place for Christianity. Any other. No place. Yeah, no place for Islam. Because what God laid out in the Torah and in the prophets, what he has states here on behalf of Dode, his son, is unchanging. So there cannot be a religion that changes God's message or his name or his means of salvation. It's a pretty good uh, start for a, uh, a rookie prophet. <laughs> for the first time out of the bed, yeah. Yeah, well that's, that's, that's a really Home good run. start. Yeah, okay, yeah. Start off with your first swing at the, the plate. That was a good one. Uh, those who know Yahweh, realize that he is eternally loving, merciful, absolutely and invariable, devoted to his family. His affection is everlasting, spanning the eons of time. And while all that's true, let it be known that Yahweh reaches out to those he prefers, that he favors. Such was the case with Adam and Chawa, Noah and his family, Abraham and Sarah, Yishak and Jacob, the children of Israel, Moshe and Aaron, Yosheb ben Nun and Caleb, Samuel and Elia, but none to the extent of Dode the Beloved. And this song is about him. Yahweh is also trustworthy. It's such a simple concept. 
with such extraordinary implications. Rather than being all-loving, which he is not, omnipresent, which he is not, omniscient, which he is not, because if he were those things, he would be irrelevant. He's honest, and therefore he is reliable. Nothing is more valuable to mankind than Yahweh's steadfast commitment to the truth. It is why the prophets constantly say, you know, Yahweh, there's no one like you. Because all of the pagan gods were capricious. They had tizzy fits. They changed They changed uh, mm-hmm. their loyalties. They changed their interests. They, they, you, you couldn't trust a pagan god for, well, for the myth that they were based on. Um, and the same, truth, same thing is true with the, the Islamic god and the Christian god. The, mm-hmm. Even the Jewish god. They're not trustworthy. The real god is reliable. What he tells you, he's going to do, he does. does. This message was written for Dor Wador. Well, that might include most everybody, since it means every generation throughout time and pertains to the home and family of God, which is eternal. And when it comes to benefiting from these things, there is only one way which is yada, knowing. Whatever you may believe is irrelevant. Opinions are also meaningless. All that matters is knowing, understanding, accepting, and then acknowledging the truth. Was this the uh, statement, uh, Kirk, that you analyzed, or is the next one? And, and in 89.3 is uh, where I... Okay, so I'll I'll go through this and we'll uh, we'll focus Mm -hmm. on that. Okay. If you wish, yeah. Yes, indeed. I say, now and forever, the spiritual realm of the heavens was established and is continually built to procreate a restored, prosperous, and productive family based on love, devotion, favoritism, kindness, generosity, and mercy. You have fashioned and formed it to manifest within it your authentic character, your trustworthiness, and your reliability. So just in case you know you're a little slow on the uptick here, uh, so far Ethan has said God is loving, he plays favorites. Mm-hmm. He's very affectionate. Yeah. He is reliable. Now and forevermore, in the spiritual realm and the heavens, God established it to build and procreate, to restore a prosperous and productive family. He's family-oriented. And that family is based upon love and devotion, kindness, and generosity that God has fashioned and formed the spiritual realm to manifest his character, his attributes, which include the fact that he is trustworthy and reliable. So he's trying to emphasize here, if God says this about the covenant, don't believe anything else. 
Right. If he said this about Dode, don't believe anything else. If he said, I am giving Dode these titles, he is my son, he is the Messiah, he is the Savior, he is going to be as Almighty God, those accolades away from Dode, and give it to some mythological being named Jesus Christ. Don't negate the actual Messiah and give that title to a bum, Bar Kokhba. Yahweh's entire purpose in creating the universe and life within it has been to Bana. Bana is based upon the uh, Hebrew word ben, which means son. It's the feminine, actually, of son. Mm -hmm. uh, even though mm -hmm. bath is used for daughter and ben for son, bana, which is the feminine ending of ben, it means to mm -hmm. conceive children and build a family. His chest had devotion to it and love for those who are part of it are olam, everlasting. By having the psalmist begin by addressing the intent and nature of Yahweh's heavenly home in the seventh dimension, we realize that by coming to better appreciate what Dode has done for us, we're afforded the opportunity to join him there. We can trust Yahweh to do for us what he has done for his son. That is the message. The covenant home in the heavens was built of love. The psalmist here, Ethan, is telling us, even if you're not all that interested in doubt, bad call because Yahweh loves him more than anyone else, and he is the exemplar that we ought to follow, and he happens to be your Savior, your Messiah, and your King. But, you know, if you're not all that interested in doubt, for your, the sake of your own soul, pay attention, because what God says about him will apply to you, because he's trustworthy and reliable because he is merciful and he plays favorites. The covenant home in the heavens was built in love. It is the place for God's family to grow and to thrive. And it is there that those who have come to know and trust Yahweh, based upon his depiction of himself and his son, throughout the Torah and prophets, will find that he is exactly like he has presented himself. If you don't like the God of the Old Testament, then for heaven's sake, stay away. You won't like heaven. Our Heavenly Father is approachable. He's kind. He's loving. He's genuine. He's welcoming. He's generous, which means that he does not want to be worshipped. He is also trustworthy, which means that we can rely upon him and that faith is a waste of time. When Yahweh says that he, Amuna, will establish and authenticate his trustworthiness and reliability in the spiritual room of the heavens, he's telling us that we can count on him. We can rely on him delivering on the promises he has made through the Bereth Covenant and the Mikre invitations to meet and, of course, through his son, Dode. While he demonstrates that his word is reliable in the here and now through prophecy, it would be unwise for him to overexpose the benefits of heaven, lest it attract 
people for the wrong reasons. What follows is now in Yahweh's voice. God, after that introduction, equates Dode, the beloved, with the Bayeth covenant, the centerpiece of his creative attempt, his, uh, the, really the Lexus of his uh, designs for, uh, for his people and for uh, life itself. God unequivocally states that Dode is La Bashir, the chosen one. This affirms that Yahweh Shabbat swore an oath to Dode because he is God's Ebed, his co-worker. And that's important because Yahweh never reneges on a promise, nor does he ever work alone. God's statement reads, I'll share it and you can explain it, uh, Kirk. Sure. I have established cutting through separation, Karat, the bereft covenant for the family home through my Bashir chosen one. I have sworn an oath and will affirm this promise seven times over, Shaba, to Dod, my Ibed, authorized agent and co-worker who serves on my behalf. Ms. Moore, song to uh, sing, Psalm 89.3. What do you think about those words, Kirk? Well, I, I, a little later, I think you said, uh, you know, that's an awful lot to get out of uh, six <laughs> yeah. words. It is. <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, yeah. So I, I, I looked at those six words. Now, I, I kind of broke it down. What I sent you was I showed you a sheet on the letters first because I thought they were kind of fascinating. That was an afterthought, but it, it, I sent that to you, the smallest part first, and then I did the words because uh, – it is um, the words were really letters rather were really interesting. Is there's ten of them that make up these uh, same six words. Mm-hmm. Every one of them are stable uh, in in the way that they're drawn, except for two. One of them is representative, I think, of Dode. Is the Resh? It is the uh, head facing the one who is top first, top mm-hmm. the first fruit, the best observant individual carefully considers, mm-hmm. one who carefully considers and closely examines Yahweh's words. That's the way we normally think of the resh mm-hmm. in this context. The other one that is, and it's moving from right to left in the proper, uh, in the proper order uh, direction. Mm-hmm. Yes, order of things, yes. Then the other one that is also facing uh, towards the left is Yah, is uh, Yad, which I always think mm-hmm. of as Yah, first because that's the first letter in his name and it represents him where the others represent uh, the family mm-hmm. so it's an open hand and a hand that reaches down uh, to lift us up symbol of Yah's name and the power and the authority to accomplish the work mm-hmm. everything else in there was uh, I kept looking at the thing and looking at the thing and I said my gosh everything about this everything I've just never seen one where every letter and every word uh, so verified what the the theme was of the verse. You've got now, there could be an argument that the mm-hmm. that the bayeth is mm-hmm. uh, is um, uh, an actionable letter too, in the sense that that uh, while the base oh, because is, you can come uh, down from static, the top, there's the door. Yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just well, that the the opening 
end of the home is from above, but it's on the mm-hmm. uh, the left side. So it uh, you have to move from right to left to enter the uh, the home and enter it from above in that particular diagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as it's not doesn't lean as dramatically as the other letters, but there's a little bit of a uh, of a directional component to the Bayath as well, and it's used both in uh, Bayreth Covenant and uh, Bashir, um, mm-hmm. the one that uh, I have decided on, the, the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, you you can have a little movement in a couple of these because of what mm-hmm. they can do, like the cough. You know, it moves back and forth. It's an open hand that welcomes and allows, and yes, you know, true. it can even strike. Yeah. So, I mean, that's true. But it's, it's the yeah. way you, mm-hmm. I was thinking of the way I was drawing them. I'm saying, you know, it's not. It's, you know, you've got the gimel going that direction, in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You've got the bush going mm-hmm. the right direction. So I took it as uh, maybe I'm skimming a little bit off the top and, and mm-hmm. uh, not being as thorough uh, as some of us, but. Uh, but in, in any case, uh, each one of those, all of them you can find in them. Um, I thought, wow, it's uh, the tall, for instance, is a beam, a mark, a signpost along the way, signifying something of great importance. Uh, the aim is uh, perspective, is uh, the eye to see, to observe, mm-hmm. to perceive, uh, and so forth. You've got the wall, which is a tent peg uh, that secures the home and it increases the family. I mean, um, the shin. Mm-hmm. His two teeth is a uh, symbol of uh, two teeth, perhaps, as Yah and uh, Yah and Dode. I don't know, but uh, symbolic of Yahweh's words and uh, Dode's psalms uh, that uh, nourish and guide us. And you got a chet, mm-hmm. which is it's about protection, too. I mean, he's, you know, I haven't been afraid of anything. I've met you about 15 years ago through through your Yada Yah. Mm-hmm. We became friends later. I called in the program and so forth in this long history and, and, and got to participate with you uh, quite a lot. And, uh, you know, we know each other. We visited each other. But um, I've never felt scared. Now, you should be scared on the things that we said on mm-hmm. <laughs> out in public on some of those radio programs about Islam and, and even Christianity. You know, you, we make a lot of enemies doing mm-hmm. this sort of thing. I've never, it, never, it never occurred to me to be afraid. I don't know why that is. I'm afraid of a lot of things like a kidney stone, but this ain't it. That, you know, that's not, <laughs> not this stuff, really. But uh, but uh, I've always felt protected. Like a wall is is there, like uh, Malak mm-hmm. is watching over, which I've uh, felt for many, many years. The uh, home is yeah. welcoming, the lead is the doorway. Yeah. yeah. So I think confidence the, and reliance uh, on Yahweh is... Uh, is ubiquitous yeah. among uh, all uh, covenant members. So the longer we're in the covenant, the more confident we are, the more confident one is, the less concerned or anxious they are. Uh, and the more reliant we are on Yahweh, the, uh, the less we are prone to be concerned or fear anything. Um, yeah. So it does generate supreme confidence. And therefore... Yes. Uh, to be in the covenant is to have no fear. Mm-hmm. It, it, indeed it is. Yeah, that's um, why I always say anyway, it. Somebody says the fear of God, you know, is a positive thing. No, the opposite is true. No, it, it's true. The longer yes. you're in the covenant, the more you know Yahweh, uh, your confidence grows to the point that it eliminates all fear. It does. That's why he could be so brave. He was so close and understood so quickly from the time he was, what, eight years old or thereabouts? Yes. 
uh, it, it just never it never occurred to him that Yahweh wasn't there. He said, "I'm gonna be with you forever." Right. I mean, they had a timeout of talking, but right. they certainly he, he could never have felt anything other than uh, Yah's with me. You know, and, yes. and, and to to volunteer. Yeah. You know, he's do uh, I don't he know did. if he's eight, nine, wow. ten years old, but the I mean, the first story that we are told after uh, Dode is uh, anointed uh, and is announced that he is the Messiah and he is uh, 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 has the strengthening power of Yahweh's ruach has come upon him spirit the first story we're told is uh, is that uh goliath is uh, is the mightiest warrior of his time that he's uh, a very large uh, man with a very big mouth and that he has uh, called out israel for uh, one-on-one combat that uh, if he prevails they become uh, uh slaves of the philistines and yet the kid says all right uh, got a big shield he's got a big uh, sword he's got a big mouth uh and uh and he uh, says i'll grab my uh my sling uh pick up some rocks here and we'll just go off and do it and he he's so confident that he begins his assault by saying you uncouth uncivilized loudmouth belligerent uncircumcised uh, philistine you uh, I'm going to show you who's boss. And kaboom. That was it. The Israel ought to listen to that. This is, this is Doe talking about this Philistine. This Palestinian. You know. Yeah, Palestinian. You uh, uncouth, uncivilized, loudmouth. Yeah, disgraceful uh, Philistine. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. Uh, they are. That's why they're called the Fakistinians in uh, in my book. But uh, yeah, Dode was yeah. extremely uh, confident, uh, and these words all breed confidence. As a matter of fact, that transition in Dode, where he finally comes to Yahweh and says, "Based on everything you say, I get it now. I have processed this information, and I have the confidence and the courage uh, to serve as the intermediary. Um, this is what I've decided I want to do." Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to slow this down. There's uh, there's six words, and I broke them all down, and it's every one of them apply to mm-hmm. something I think is. Now, every word has a negative. Even the letters have a negative or can have a negative or positive thing. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I always do is what's the context? The context is the story about Dote. And this was uh, classic Yahweh here, I, the um, Karat is to cut, mm-hmm. cut off completely, uh, cut us into the covenant. It uh, mm-hmm. is, cuts off things as well as it can cut off the enemies and put them in the Sheol. It also has to do with circumcision, as it would okay. apply to Karat. To cut is to that. separate, to be set apart to unto Yahweh, to be set, separated from uh, mankind. Even the first mention of the word Karat in the Torah is in Genesis or Barashis 9-11, where he's it's a promise to Noah. I'm going to cut, uh, you know, I've cut a, cut off all, cut them off by water, by the flood, and I'm uh, and I'm not going to do that again. Uh, not right. by that method, certainly. Right. So I mean, it's uh, it's very clear. It yeah, is a protective thing. Right. right. He cut a a separate uh, covenant uh, with Noah. Yeah. It happens to be the same covenant, but he cut a covenant mm-hmm. with uh, with Noah. And yes. uh, and of course, this whole idea of cutting it through separation 
speaks of circumcision, which is the sign of the covenant. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I like I like our modern term. We cut you in on the deal. It's, it's uh, quite yeah, a deal to be cut Yeah, you're cut, you're cut in on the deal. You're cut in yeah. on the relationship. We use the uh, the term uh, in English derived from the mm-hmm. uh, the Hebrew uh, meaning. Mm-hmm, correct. Yes. Then the second one that follows is, of course, is covenant, yes, and um, I see terms and conditions uh, between the individuals. Uh, no one is more um, greater expo, uh, greater uh, presenter of the covenant than uh, Dode. I mean, yes, we saw it in the Abraham story where it was first offered in the, in the uh, five terms and conditions, but this guy lived it from the time he was a little kid until, until forever, uh, Olam. So uh, in the bread, the bread, the covenant deal is the five terms and conditions, the uh, mitzvah. Then um, we have the uh, the bakar, uh, bakir, uh, from bakar, which is to choose. Uh, it's a masculine noun for chosen. It's a verb to choose. It is the the chosen one. Another, you look that up and you find all these things pertaining to that. Uh, so mm-hmm. It's a preferred choice. It is a tested choice. Uh, he was certainly tested and he, uh, from the start and uh, never failed. Uh, I mean, he failed on a lot of things, but not in terms of things that present yeah. that are about Yahweh. Yeah. When Yahweh um, says that, I, that uh, when he's talking to uh, Samuel and told Samuel, you know, I want you to go and, and we're going to uh, go into uh, Bethlehem and, uh, and we're going to have a feast and uh, there's a guy there I want you to uh, to meet. He has sons, and it's among his sons. And those are all the sons. He says, no, I didn't choose any of those. I chose this one. And then he's affirming it here that he's his chosen one. Wouldn't you think if the creator God of the universe says, this is the one that I chose, I did not choose them, I chose him, and my criterion for choosing is different than yours that you'd spend yeah. a little time trying to figure out what it was about was it? this man that made him yeah. so appealing to uh, to Yahweh? Yeah, I would, I would like to be chosen. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you like to say, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so. you know, none of the rabbis are listed as chosen. Uh, no. And so uh, and is. What is it about him that Yahweh found appealing? Courageous. He's intellectual. Uh, he is passionate. He is devoted. He's exceedingly uh, articulate. He is a very apt student who became a, um, a celebrated teacher, a wonderful uh, defender of his people, uh, uh, trained as a shepherd, a very good listener. Uh, a man who was uh, equally intellectual and emotional, deeply loving individual. So there are a lot of things that were unique about this man that uh, Yahweh found appealing. Yeah. And since I kind of like the idea of being chosen by Yahweh, I mean, it happened in my life. Uh, Yahweh asked me to do this mission. So, you know, I'm not chosen like uh, Dode, but I'm st- it's still, you know, you're serving as Dode's herald. Uh, so it's, it's an important mission at this time. Um, and so one of the things that, that a prudent person does is say, all right, uh, 
Yahweh explained why he chose Dod. Clearly, Yahweh chose Moshe and negotiated with him to, to uh, engage in that mission. What was it about Moshe that made him the one choice among all people on the planet to liberate his people and then reveal his Torah? And so the smart thing for us to do is to say, all right, what aspects of my pers- uh, personality, of my character, of my proclivities and my uh, motivations might align with those two fellas? What part of my background, my experience would be consistent with those two fellas? And what about uh, your or my uh, experience and aptitudes and attitudes, inclinations, is the spirit different than them? Mm-hmm. Because you want to know both. So if you've got something that is different, that isn't uh, an attribute shared by Dode and Moshe, chances are you, uh, you want to put that one uh, kind of back in the box and say, okay, well, let's just forget about that one. <laughs> that one's not appealing to God. And if you have something that uh, if you approach uh, life like I do uh, very rationally, I, I'm very linear and exceedingly rational and judgmental as I go through the process of translation, of commentary, of, of, uh, of doing everything in life. And those guys were. They were very judgmental, exceedingly rational, evidence-based, uh, and driven by intellect, and yet still very passionate. So you find traits like that, and you say, yeah, I've got some of those. Okay. Yeah. Um, capitalize on them. But we should all be doing that. And desire. Yeah, yeah. desire. To want right. to know. And then right. understand and accept it when you find the facts. I mean, just like yeah. if you were Shafat. Here's the yeah, fact. Between the Mizmor uh, and the... Mashal um, uh, yeah. Dode wrote, what, 100 uh, Psalms and Proverbs? So <clears throat> God mm-hmm. must like writers. Well, you know, I don't oh, write good, right. so I'll have to, I'll have to decorate your right. book. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Dode <laughs> I, could I, not I have written that. the 119th Mizmor which is uh, an explanation as to how to properly observe the Torah without having studied the Torah. So obviously, yeah, well, like good students. Yes. So read, well, I can, study. I can certainly yeah, right. read, read, read. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, well, loves his name. <laughs> Boy, does Dode use mm-hmm. his name. All the time. All the time. So, yeah, there's some things we got that three. we can make ourselves more likable, more usable to God by studying mm-hmm. the traits of those two men in particular. Well, I didn't, get, I didn't get called by y'all evidence-wise, uh, perhaps as a group. He does talk about people who uh, help the children, that sort of thing, in, in generalities. But uh, I, do, I did get asked by uh, your producer. He, he, called, he called me. He said, well, call in tomorrow. And I said, well, I do have a job. He said, well, call in tomorrow. He'd like to talk to you. Yeah, oh, see, so there, there you, you have it. That's what it's done. I've been talking to you ever since. So whether you like yeah, it or not, see? so there you have it. <laughs> it so I had to uh, keep studying. So one, could, one, uh, choo- one, choose, one chooses another. Once you become part of the family, <laughs> you get to choose other <laughs> members of the family. Yeah, uh, yeah likes working through people. So if uh, if he's working through someone that he chose to work with, and that person chooses to work with with other members of the family, then that's part of yeah. the process. That's you cool. Know, yeah, has free will, but he's not the only one with free will. Yeah. Well, I'll give you three more quick words. 
because I know we're okay. we're into uh, time without finish the verse. There's only six words in there. The next one, of course, the fourth one is Shabbat. Uh, it's a sworn oath and a promise. And if you look it up everywhere, it'll say things like to uh, to completely commit to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the promise with words and spoken and and spoken many and spoken seven times uh, to uh, express sincerity. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the Moed Mikras and uh, and mm-hmm. the promise, the promise of seven. Uh, that's and and if you can't connect the dot by now, that uh, Dode is part of every one of the Moed Mikras. Yeah. I don't yep. know when you're going to get it. Yep. You know. And, and, and then clearly, followed... Shaba yeah, mm-hmm. uh, meaning sworn oath, promise, mm-hmm. and Shaba 7 are written exactly the same way in uh, the original Hebrew mm-hmm. text. So it's same word. synonymous, yes. So to strip the word of 7 and only can convey a vow or promise is to deprive it of its full mm-hmm. meaning. Yeah, absolutely. The... Uh, the fifth word that follows, of course, is, is what we are talking about the entire time, is dode, mm-hmm. uh, the, the beloved, to be uh, his one, but uh, but more so uh, passion uh, of one for another. So, as you, it's, it's drawn in the picture form, in the picture form, uh, pictographs rather, uh, to enter a doorway from the right or the left, for that matter, to become mm-hmm. increased in uh, in the middle, which is the wa. Uh, and that's, uh, I thought, rather poignant because we were celebrating Shabuah at the time and enlightened and be enlightened and empowered uh, to witness the truth. Otherwise, it wouldn't do you any good to know all this stuff if you're going to share it. And I don't know anybody yeah. who can know this stuff and not want to share it. I mean, this is the most profound thing you'll ever run across in your life. It, I, I, I mm-hmm. don't debate anybody on that because I don't know what you could possibly come up with. Yeah. Uh, uh, and even in Dode's that. name, uh, you know, we have the uh, the two doorways with the the tent peg, mm-hmm. uh, which is the wall, yes. which means to expand, to add to, to enhance, mm-hmm. uh, to do more with. Uh, and so you have he is the doorway to life. He is the doorway mm-hmm. into Yahweh's home. Uh, he's the doorway to uh, to being loved by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But. It is important also to know that it's uh, it's deleth wa deleth, uh, and the wa in Hebrew does not make an a sound nor a v sound, so it cannot be no. David. And no, the i the uh, the second vowel uh, doesn't appear until about uh, three hundred to four hundred years after uh, David's uh, dodes. Uh, first uh, life, that a hundred percent of the time that his name is presented in the Mismore that he wrote, where you'd think he would mm-hmm. know how to spell his own name, uh, uh, or yeah. that he was uh, mentioned by uh, Shamuel, who was the uh, the Shafat judge and prophet who introduces Dode to us. He is he's really the uh, Shamuel exists to introduce Dode to us, he always spells it DWD. When Yashaya yes. writes of him, it's DWD. Um, mm-hmm. So everything about him that was written within centuries of his life, including the things that he wrote of himself or Yahweh wrote of him, it's always DWD. Uh, and DWD is based upon the uh, Hebrew word DWD, which means uh, passionate uh, love. 
uh, be loved. Yes. Um, and so it is clearly Dode. Uh, it isn't David. Yes. It's Dode. Yeah. Um, and it's obvious that it's uh, Dode. You know, it has the the Wa in the middle, which is the same letter that gives us the O sound in Shalom. It's mm-hmm. not Shav. Shav, uh, whatever it would be. <laughs> There's no V. Shav-M. There's no Shav-M. J. There's no V. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, and Torah. It's uh, yeah. not uh, Tavra. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, so it's, it's Dode. Yeah, it's not complicated. Unless you, unless you want to butcher your own language, it's Dode, and yeah. the name means beloved. So we came to our sixth, our sixth uh, word, uh, symbol of man. And this one is, is the man. This is the man. Eb, Ebed, an associate. Mm-hmm. He's a co-worker. Uh, mm-hmm. My definition is one who provides a service to another and or <coughs> pardon me, and or works closely with another out of obligation, requirement, or gratitude. In this case, is uh, gratitude is an awe to work with y'all is to, to be in awe. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, if you looked at the letters with the ayin, the perspective, uh, looking at the doorway uh, to the bayeth, uh, followed by the doorway, um, is a uh, a work performed is is. Yahweh, I mean, uh, Dode performed Pesach and Munza and, and all of these. It was just, um, what a co-worker. I mean, he's, he's doing everything for Yah to get uh, him and all the rest of us through this life to get to Shemi, I mean, to get to heaven. Um, yeah, and, and this is the proper path and is showing us the pathway home. Yeah, Ebed is written and identically in uh, Paleo-Hebrew with the verb mm-hmm. uh, abad to to work. Uh, there's yes. no distinction between them. So when, when Yahweh introduces the verb in discussions with uh, Adam and he uh, says that we're going to work in the garden, it's abad. Mm-hmm. So anyone yes. who is associated with Yahweh is going to abad, uh, which means that you're going to serve as his ebed, uh, which is his co-worker his associate, one who engages doing the work of Yah. But it is based on the verb to work. Um, and I know we live in a time where people think of entitlements and, and the like. Yah was not much into entitlements. Uh, he likes work. Uh, he values work. Well, I, I, uh, I, I was, couldn't wait to get out of school until I got to get to go to work. I mean, I've always yeah, me too. I just me like that. I mean, Why well, I, well, I left law school? I was in law school for one mm-hmm. day. I looked around and said, you know, I don't want to spend the next. Uh, I was in a juris doctor program where you also got a uh, master's in business, and so it was a four-year program. I said, I don't want to spend the next four years of my life uh, just just sitting here soaking in information. I want to go do something with my life, and I, so I went off yeah. and. I engaged in uh, in business, and I was boy. I tell you what, that was a great decision because that first year, man, I I was uh, overpaid at twenty five cents an hour. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should have stayed. Maybe I should have stayed in school a little longer. But ultimately, work pays off. Yes, so, yes. This is you learn something from all of us. We do here. I mean, I'm 
I get up at uh, shortly after five in the morning and uh, typically don't leave until uh, this chair until six thirty-seven at uh, at night. So it's uh, it's twelve fourteen hours. Yeah. This is work. Uh, you prepared for the show. You sent me your notes. It's we do invest yeah. time. Uh, work yeah. is not a pejorative. It's it's not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, I would much rather work than be retired. Now, I'd rather yeah, work I, for Iowa than I would yeah. for anything else. But, yeah. uh, you know, work is a good thing. To be yeah. invited to work with Yawa is uh, the, the greatest opportunity, the most rewarding experience, uh, and has the, uh, the most beneficial uh, payout of anything a person can do. And it's one of those things mm. that you personally gain enormously from the experience, but others gain as well. Pays dividends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, a wonderful word. The thing, yeah, the thing I like I like about doing this uh, the most. Uh, well, obviously, I'm going to read it and I'm going to study it and I'm going to be whatever, however I can help. But uh, when I when I'm alone and I can pick out things and work to see what they mean and or, or mm-hmm. it's not so much to verify what you say i mean I, I know you got it right i mean i can look at the words now without even uh looking them up and i know okay i know that that, that means that that's right that's right mm-hmm. you know i don't know how and so forth but it's i'm just amazed at all the different levels i even i'm not going to do these but uh, i looked at all the either related uh related words or, or roots that are identified with this uh and you go uh Wow, y'all don't miss a trick. I mean, it's yeah, exactly true. what he's saying here yeah. in this combination of words. Yeah, it's mostly just, when I'm wow. doing the translations now, I'm I'm uh, I'm not uh, looking up the meaning of the words, but I'm looking up to see uh, how the word was scribed, like a verb. What stem mm-hmm. was used? Uh, so, yes. what is the relationship between the subject and the object of the sentence? Um, what uh, conjugation is this ongoing or uh, or yes. uh, the action constrained in time? Um, was there volition and is the volition first, second, and, and or third person? And sometimes there's dual volition. In fact, it was the dual volitions, mm-hmm. cohortative and the imperative, uh, that mm-hmm. are so insightful when um, I conveyed uh, relative to Dode volunteering for this particular mission. Uh, and then there's also the hit pile, which is when you see it, you need to just stop and say, okay, we need to deal with this because occasionally God will uh, will inspire someone to write um, that um, I made a decision without compulsion on my own initiative without being influenced by any of societal's pressures. Um, and, and so that's what I find myself doing for the most part now is making certain that we get that right. Or, you know, you just read through oh, yeah. something from or an interlinear and, uh, and you yeah. just say, all right, um, who is speaking? Because you've got to get that right. Is this, was this written in uh, first, second, or third person? Uh, is mm-hmm. it I and me, or was it uh, you or uh, he or them if mm-hmm. it's uh, plural? Um, so getting the grammar right 
is the uh, is the thing that you you find that you spend the most time on because uh, God's vocabulary is pretty straightforward. Well, you know the people if they're if they're looking these up and want to verify some things for their comfort zone, whatever. The uh, if they have an inlinary online, most of them do have the mm-hmm. uh, the grammar underneath too, and with the different mm-hmm. things that are available. To a little chart, I have a little chart yeah. that I use. The tools are wonderful. But yeah, you can you can just go uh, uh, and say, okay, well, yeah, that's exactly what it says there, and that's that's what yeah. it means. And then yeah. you just yeah. so, uh, but everything on this little verse was just this. I almost feel like the 89th ought to be a book by itself, like the uh, Tablet of the Stones. I mean, yes. this is just this yeah. is cool. And the good news for us is we made I, I it all the way to 89. We made it all the way to 89.3. There's only uh, what 89.57 yeah. or something. Or there or 56. Uh, uh, 56 or something like that. Yes. That's right. Actually, though, <laughs> well, we'll there, there, there is a uh, a brief lull in this where they, you know, where the the uh, communication is is pretty uh, standard where. You're reading the same things that you've, you know, we've read at a hundred different places. Really but of those 56 else. statements, um, about 50 of them are. Oh my God! Did he just say that? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I read them now and know what what you're saying is, and I'm, and and Doe just opened so many doors. Uh, the, the fact of getting all this right, just bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. It's every, it's just like it's not a shock. It's like, wow. Wow. There yeah. it is again. Wow. Yeah. Well, Kirk, we're going to have to what say is... good night because uh, I know. Blog Talk I know. Radio is going to cut us off in about uh, 60 seconds if we uh, if we don't uh, say good night. Uh, okay. Uh, wonderful uh, Shabuwa. Uh, one and all. May uh, we all benefit from Yahweh's enrichment, his enlightenment, his empowerment, uh, and uh, his emancipation, uh, liberation yes. uh, in this uh, life. And we look forward to uh, Teruah. Uh, which is our ongoing quest to herald uh, Dode's return with his uh, father. Um, yeah. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your uh, Shabbat. May uh, Yah bless mm-hmm. uh, one and all. Look forward to being with you this time next week. Uh, good night. You too, my friend. Good night.